Hello and welcome back to What Do You Know For Sure podcast with me, Anne Hughes. In this conversation, I was joined by Carla Jenkins, journalist, and we are talking about identity, really, and about people's perception of you. And the reason it's got the name it has is because as Carla goes on to discuss, she had a breast reduction and that really informed how people identified with her and how she walked out in the world and how she perceives herself and how others perceive her and the shift from before to after and, and what that feels like. So it was a really interesting conversation, a wee bit different. And at 25, Carla is one of the youngest women that has been on the podcast too. So that was really nice to hear her thoughts and how wise she is in her young years. I hope that you enjoy. Carla, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Thank you. Yes, we've been trying to organise it for quite a while, so it's lovely to be chatting to you. Tell us a bit about you. Well, I am a journalist. I live in Glasgow with my partner, Becky, who is an editor. I work as a digital live news journalist, so on all the time, reporting in Glasgow. I also have some broadcast credits and some freelance credits, and I won the Young Journalist of the Year Award in 2019. It was a Scottish Press Award. So before all that, I was at uni. I studied English literature and Irish writing, and I lived in Dublin. Wow. And I'm back in Glasgow now. This is where I'm based, where I live. I feel like I've got a one-track mind on Glasgow news. And that's me, really. I'm just a fun-loving Glasgow gal. <laughs> great, great. And I know that you've been pondering this for a while this question yeah. about what you, what it was you actually knew for sure but I said it's, it's the best inner dialogue to have with yourself is this question and you had an epiphany and you knew what you knew for sure so today sitting in Glasgow tell me Carla what do you know for sure? I know from years of experience on both sides of this coin that if you're uncomfortable with your body and you have the methods to change that you should 100% do it without thinking what anyone else has to say about you because as a woman, as a human being, your body is the site of your whole life, impressions, first impressions, experiences. And I think we all have the right to do what we want with our bodies and whether that's change them, to modify them, whether it's surgically or not, we should 100% do that. And I did that and it changed my life. Right. So tell us then, how did you, what did you do? How did you get to that point of knowing that for sure? In 2015, when I came back from my year abroad in Dublin, I had a breast reduction. Wow. I was only 19 years old and I had battled with having terrible body image. I had really big boobs, basically, and they arrived very quickly, suddenly at a very young age, and it impacted my life hugely. And when I was 19, I had a breast reduction, and it changed my life. And when I say it changed my life, it did change my life physically and emotionally, but also what I kind of want to talk about today is how I thought it would solve all my problems, mm. and actually it just became one less thing to think about. Exactly. Did it change other people's perception of you? Well, actually, what I think, I actually think women who have big boobs have to deal with their whole life is other people's perception of you is tainted before you even open your mouth to speak to someone because people make assumptions on how you look. I mean, people do that all the time anyway. You know, the minute 
say see me and might say, oh, there's a blonde, blue-eyed, she's bubbly, blonde, you know, I can tell already, I can hear her voice, that's what mm. she'll be like, that's her personality. You know, I could be a really shy, introverted person, but people can assume that I'm not because of how I look or how I dress. And I think when I was younger, I got a lot of people, people think, and it's a trope common they associate associated all the time with women who've got big boobs they're going to be easy loose fancy free mm-hmm. you know if they're hiding them then they're insecure and shy and covering away and if they're not hiding when I, when I say hiding them like you could literally just I could be in a t-shirt and crack my back one day and that's me shoving my boobs in someone's face and I'm being too loud and overt but when I had my operation I think a lot of people were surprised because we often hear women having big jobs you know uh-huh. and that's another assumption made on people but I think when I said to people, when I said to people, oh, I, I'm going back to Dublin, you know, people were saying, oh, how come you're going, like, just before Christmas? It was the 23rd of December, so it was just before Christmas. Oh, how come you're doing that? And I said, I'm getting my I'm getting my boobs done, getting a boob job. And they were like, oh, really? What size are you going up to? And I was like, well, actually, I'm going down the sizes. I'm getting my breast reduced. And people would say, what? Like, what? How? Why? Mm-hmm. You know, that sort of couldn't believe I was having plastic surgery. And then it was like, because it wasn't really a type of plastic surgery, it was like, that's weird. You're like, I thought you're meant to be like a feminist that loves the way you're born and loves the skin you're in. And it was almost like some people kind of struggled with the idea of me being a feminist that actually thought it was okay to surgically enhance my body. I actually really object to anybody telling me as a feminist what they believe a feminist should be and putting it on me. First of all, what sort of a feminist are you? I'm the kind of feminist that thinks this. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it has, yeah. it's, I think that's really challenging. So how many sizes did you go down? Like, How many cup sizes did you go down? So it's weird because, like, obviously if you go in with double Ds and you say, I want to have eight double Fs, they'll be like, right, okay, we'll do that. But when you have a breast reduction, they just sort of take as much away as they can. Right. But I wanted to get, like, them gone. You know, I wanted to get, like, double A's sort of thing. And my doctor was like, it's so it would be dangerous for me to do that. So I was... When I went in, I was at a 32H, but wow. I wasn't really a 32H because they didn't actually, It would be they couldn't go up any more cup sizes for me because they didn't make them that size. So it was the shape of my breasts as well. They were like two snooker balls and a sock. That's how I described them. And then I came out and when the swelling went down, they were around about a 32E double D. Right. So I'd lost like but it was the shape of them that changed as well and I remember the first time I came home and my mum's best friend saw me and she was like you look so much younger she was like you're the way you're carrying yourself Mm. I didn't realize this now but you you actually used to carry yourself like a granny like the way I was I was like this all the time I would curve my shoulders in to sort of hide my chest and I was so low down she was like you're just it's literally like a weight has been lifted off you Uh wow so and so how different does life feel on the other side of that and I suppose (laughs) interestingly what I'm actually wondering there's how life feels because you don't have that pain and you can fit into different outfits and people don't have a judgment on you but there's also how does life feel when you make such a big decision and you stand on the other side of it well for me what I initially thought was all my problems are going to get solved. I'm never going to get harassed by a man again. I'm never going to get, uh, you know, I'm, I'll be crying in a changing room because I can't fit into anything. I'm never going to feel like I'm scared to go to the gym. But actually, this, what happened when I had my operation is 
I used to think about this thing, like the size of my boobs, the, the, the burden of them, every day, all day. It was just like a seed in the back of my head, like right here. And I just couldn't stop thinking about it. It impacted everything I did. If I put my seatbelt on in the car, what way am I going to do it? If I'm sitting, who am I sitting with? Should I put it under my arm? What if we have a car crash? Am I going to go through the window because it's not off my chest? You know, if I'm if I'm going on a roller coaster ride, if I'm sitting, you know, things just so stupid, like all the time. I constantly thought of it. If I'm wearing a puffy jacket, should I zip it right up? You know, what do I look like when I wear this dress? And so when I had the operation, I thought, I'm going to be so happy all the time. Oh my God, blah, 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 blah. But actually, it just removed, it was like a kernel inside my head that had me thinking about it all the time was removed and I just stopped mm-hmm. thinking about it. I'm not saying I was overly ecstatic. I'm mm-hmm. not saying I was depressed. It just turned into something that I never thought about and I could go about my business not thinking about it. And I remember going back to uni because I was still at university when I had it and I was in the middle of my degree. And I remember sitting in my bedroom and I had like all my scars and I was still like in a bit of pain. The pain wasn't that bad though. I was still sitting and I just remember kind of crying because, and I was like, why am I crying? I should be so happy. I've just done this. I've wanted to do it forever. And I should be so happy that I've done it. And I was crying because I just couldn't believe that it had happened for me. And that this is my body. And I felt like I'd kind of done something bad to it. And I thought mm-hmm. I'd rejected the body I was born with. So when I said that I was going to talk about this today, it kind of surprised me last night thinking about it. Is this what I want to talk about? Because I thought there's so many things I could talk about. Maybe this isn't so meaningful but actually, I think this is probably one of the defining things I've done in my life. And people are really surprised by it as well, because they don't think that I am the type of person to care so much about my body that I would go and, like, you know, surgically enhance it. And if that means by reducing my boobs, then, you uh-huh. know, they, they don't make that assumption. So I think that is it's just so connected with, like, who I am and my identity. And I think... That, uh, and I was, it was almost like before I got it, people were like to me, are you sure you want to do that? Are you sure you want to do it? Because you can't go back. You might not be able to breastfeed. You might not be able to, and it, it goes that age-old way of like women being told, well, you might not be able to do this in the future. So are you sure you want to make this decision right now? Because, mm-hmm. you know, this might mean in 40 years you can't like, you know, if you do have kids. Breast- Imagine I didn't do that or have that operation. I was still thinking all the time about this horrible burden and now I'm in a same-sex relationship and the likelihood of me having kids is quite far away because I don't have the money for it you know Uh I mean how much would I be kicking myself back then so you talked about identity there and how it was just this kernel in your head and it was all you thought about every single day how did you realign your identity on the other side of it then when you no longer had to? So once the scars have healed, the pain has healed, the people that are in your life now don't know you as Carla Gigantic Boobs. They don't know that <laughs> yeah. Carla anymore. How did you have to readjust your your identity and not be thinking of Because all of a sudden, what did you have to think about when you did you did you contemplate what did what else did I do before I had these do you know what I mean? It's interesting yeah. thought. Yeah. Well, I actually remember, obviously, when I, you know, when I was crying in my room just after it, and I was coming to terms with what had happened and what I'd done, and the magnitude of that decision that I had made. I think it started then, and it was a bit of a journey for me. Think because I had actually suffered from a wee bit of depression after that, 
And that, that was, again, totally shocking because I thought this shouldn't be happening. You know, this is the thing I've always wanted to do. I don't regret my decision. Why is this having an impact on my mental health? There's probably other circumstances as well. Um, but I think for so long, I realised that my identity, as you said, you know, <laughs> I'm not Carla with the big boobs anymore. That had been decided for me by other people, boys mm. at school, men in the street, men on holiday. Like I've got so many horrible experiences I could tell you about that. And that all culminated for me in 2017 when I was back in Dublin because I've gone to do a master's. I was sitting in the library and it was when Me Too had just yeah. started. And do you know how people were sharing Me Too on Facebook, just saying the words Me Too? Uh-huh. So I put that out earlier that day and I was sitting thinking... Who am I to say me too? When have I ever been? I've not had a. I've not been sexually assaulted. Like I've not been abused or groomed. And then I sat and thought, hold on a minute, Carla. Your whole life has been a tapestry of minor microaggressions, yeah. abuses, identities formed for you to the point where you actually took charge of that and changed your body image surgically so that you couldn't be told anymore who you were and you couldn't be sort of made to feel vulnerable because of these two massive things you had in your chest and for me I realised my identity had been made up of other people making decisions about me based on my appearance and that was abuse that was abuse my whole life Mm -hmm. and uh, you know when I think of situations with and a lot of the time it was men I mean there was maybe like one or two women you know you get people people used to stare at me you know you get that or whatever but then it, it, I mean but the majority of it was men and boys who who were like that to me and I realized then I put this big post out and it turned into a, a pretty good like career moment for me as years went on because people asked me to talk about it more again because they were shocked that I had had this surgery didn't marry it up with who I was and it's quite an interesting angle to come at it from you know I had suffered from verbal sexual abuse, vocal sexual abuse, emotional abuse, sometimes physical. Not, I didn't have, I've not had people hit me or anything like that. But you know, you, how many times did you have to like push a guy from touching your boob and stuff like that? You know, and that is that is unwanted physical touching. Exactly. Um, and I think my identity after that was realizing I don't have to be defined by that. I can be defined by what I want to be defined by. And what I wanted to be defined by was standing up for women, saying you can do this, my feminist values, my uh, intelligence and being a writer and wanting to be these things and wanting to have something to say about making the world a better place. So I decided then that's what I want to be identified as. I want my identity to be defined by that. That's what I decided I wanted my identity to be defined by. And it was that moment in 2017 I thought, this is what I want and this is why I've done this. Yeah. And see, one of the things that I really resonated with that you said, and I'm sure most people can, is other people's perceptions of you based on something about you. And so mine's is usually, if I I share, (laughs) is usually that people have a perception of me based on the way I talk and where I'm from. Now, I believe that that's true. I also do acknowledge it could just be my shit. But did you notice there being, I mean, there's a shift in perception, you've said that. So 
Do you struggle with people's perception? I mean, how do we live in a world? What's your thoughts on how we live in a world where everybody has got all these perception of you and you're trying to battle them? I have to say, I no longer am trying to battle them. I accept that people have got a perception and sometimes that perception does me a favour and sometimes it slams a door in my face and that is just life, right? Where are you on that? Because you've seen that shift in perception therefore, haven't you? Yeah. So, what, what do you? What's your thoughts on people's perceptions? I think when I was at school, you know, I was known as a girl with a big boobs to the point where on my leavers today I had like Carla Chepkins, and I kind of took that name and took ownership of it and thought, well, if you're going to call me that because I've got big boobs, I'm going to make it mine. Put it in the back of my leavers today. I can join in on the joke. Blah blah blah. Mm. And then I had my surgery, and there was a vacuum in a way of. I wasn't at school, which I think was quite a big thing, because then I would have been defined as the girl who had her boobs removed because she got bullied for it or made fun of really? for it. And I, when I say bullied, I was I was popular at school. I had pals, I had friends. I never felt like I was, you know, hiding in the corridors from people. But it was an undercurrent all the time of what boy's going to say something now? What boy's going to do something now? Are they going to try and get me in and tell your friends, oh, I got with a girl with the big boobs or... You know, mm. are they going to ask me for a picture of them or, you know, stuff like that. And when I was at uni, I had the surgery, there was a bit of a vacuum in perception and I felt like, okay, well, I can decide who I want to be and what I'm going to be defined as. But, you know, something, and I do, I, I still struggle with people's perceptions of me. And it was weird, just before I came on this call, I was, I was thinking back to a guy at uni. I heard a guy in the street, do you know, you have a chain of memories. You heard a guy yeah. in the street say a phrase that this guy at uni used to say and this guy hated me, just didn't like me. And I remember just thinking there, well, do you know, and I feel like I'm coming to terms that some people just don't like you. They don't like you. And that's made out of a perception of, of your you that they've conceived. And they don't like you. And there's nothing you can do about it because some people just make their minds up and you can't change that. What what they think mm-hmm. of you, you can't change. I feel, though, like I have had to battle in my job a lot of the time and my career, not specifically in the role I'm in now. But I feel like I've always had to kind of battle that you're just a bubbly blonde. And I've actually started saying I really resent being described as that. I hate the word bubbly. I don't mm. want to be called bubbly. You know, I don't like that. It makes it's you just sound a like a ghetto, doesn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a really reductive way of describing someone because it just, you know, you're not an intelligent woman with with a presence about you. You're just a bubbly wee girl that makes people laugh and that will do what she's told. So I do, and or you know, you're inexperienced, or you're, you know, there's loads of different ways people can perceive you, and I still struggle, like thinking, I wonder what that person thinks of me, or or what what they're thinking of me when I'm not, what they're saying about me when I'm not there. But I, you know, I feel like you can only be defined by what you do and what you say and how you treat people in your own head. That's mm-hmm. where I think I, mm-hmm. I can do my best, and if people are going to make assumptions about me based on how I look, what I do, what I say. It's kind of their problem. Exactly. And I think there's also a wee bit of that, isn't there? I mean, I think with the whole, I get that people won't all like me. I'm I'm quite a, a specific label. And I get that people won't all like me. But I always say, I don't like everybody. I mean, I really don't like everybody. So why would I possibly <laughs> yeah. expect these people to like me? I often say it's a bad marquee, a person. If they liked me, I wouldn't be happy with myself because look at them. You know, a Tory or whatever. Okay. Um, but I think there's also something about how many people do we give permission to to define us? Is it your job oh God, to define yeah. me? You know, yeah, totally. Yeah, what well, gives other people the right to to think 
or to say, well, that's Carla. She's got big boobs. So she's either going to be a bookish granny because she tries to hide them so she's frigid or she's got a T-shirt on and I can see them so she's a slut. You know, we're moving away from that. But that's what that's the environment I went to school in and grew up in and dealt with. And the the result the result of that was when I had the opportunity to I surgically enhanced my body so I didn't have to deal with that kind of behaviour anymore. Like it was it was almost a way of it was almost convenience. So now I resent when people say to me, Oh God, look how much like you know, there was a bit on Love Island this year and uh, someone, one of the guys said, uh, they all kept saying, I like a natural looking girl. I like a natural looking girl. And, you know, loads of the girls in Love Island have lip fillers, you know, mm. their hair extensions done, stuff like that, Botox. And uh, one of the girls kind of said, I really resent that. Like, I don't think you should say that. You're you're asking me, like, how much work I've had done or something. You know, and she said, it's, it's maybe I'm having work done because I'm insecure about what guys have said you know to me or about me and I was like you know it is the same thing I think that you should be allowed to do with your body what you want yeah what you want to do you know if it's changing the way your boobs are if it's getting your hair extensions done if it's if it's removing cancerous cells from you if you can do something that enhances your life that doesn't hurt other people then I think you should be able to do that I think that's just what that's what I think I know for sure (laughs) I think that you should as long as you're not hurting anyone else in the process then I think that we we should all enhance our lives that's what we're all doing anyway isn't it like you've got an iPhone because it makes your life easier exactly you know and so do you feel confident moving forward now in your life that if you had to make a big decision again that you would I think I actually do yeah I think I'm confident I think it gave me confidence as I said at the start of the call I'm in a same-sex relationship and it's the first relationship I've been in that is a same-sex relationship I've had the chance to explore my sexuality in a time where the world's been pretty closeted off and um, for me I never felt like I had to hide that and you know I've never felt like I had a traditional coming out moment because I'm quite a sure person in myself and my partner's always said that to me because she's she struggled with hers before sexuality before and you know she kind of had that moment where she spoke with her parents and said this is who I am I never had that like I never felt like I needed to define my sexuality because I don't come out I don't get like one day saying mum you need to sit down for something to tell you I'm straight (laughs) you know I'm heterosexual I've never done that so I, I I feel but then I think maybe I didn't feel the need to do that and I know that a lot of other people do because I've already had to look like, kind of at myself quite critically and I've had to stand in front of a doctor with my top off and say, I hate these, can you help me? I need to get them off because I can't exercise. My back hurts. I'm being like abused by men in the street. I'm having guys stay at me on holiday right next to my dad. Do you know what I mean? Like it's pure, it's horrible. So yeah, I think um, it has made me a bit more confident in knowing that I can take big, I can make big decisions. There's still things I'm not confident in in my life of course I'm only 25 you know I'm, I'm like scared to I'm, there's all the things I'm scared to do and sometimes I think as well I think I, I've been thinking recently I need to be a bit more mindful of how I present myself to people because like you say yourself I know I'm not everyone's cup of tea and sometimes I can I think I can put myself forward in a way that's just too friendly too forward right. too out there and people can be like oh, you know um, and I think maybe as I'm going down a more professional route in my life or in my career, I maybe need to kind of hone that in a wee bit and polish that a wee bit. But um, I think I'm more confident in myself because I know that I can 
I know that I can change myself. I know that I can make decisions that cause an impact and make change. And I'm confident and I trust myself that they're the right ones for me. Great. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast for such a fantastic conversation, Carla. <laughs> Thank you so much, Anne. Hello and thank you for joining me on this episode of What Do You Know For Sure podcast. If you would like to connect with me, you can do that across social media by searching and Hughes Ignite. If I refer to my radio show and the podcast, you can catch those on my Mixcloud. Again, just searching and Hughes Ignite. And if you or anybody you know want to answer this question with me, please do get in touch. Just go onto my website, anhughesignite.co.uk and fill in the contact page at the bottom and I'll be delighted to have this conversation with you too. Thank you.